This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Times have been challenging for many uh, this year. If you're a small business owner or perhaps your wage subsidy is set to expire or you've lost your job, you could be starting to feel the pressure of mounting debt and wondering what you can do about it. Today, financial author and journalist Mary Holm has put her brain to it and she joins me now. Hi. Hi, Jessie. All sorts of worries around at the moment, Mary. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? I just was just listening to that last person talking to you. Yeah, how it's not, not being an easy year. And that's, you know, always an issue for a lot of people. And, you know, I was just thinking mortgages with people doing mortgage deferrals and um, apparently consumer debt's down because during lockdown and so on, people weren't spending as much and they're not spending as much on travel, etc. Oh, OK. But, uh, but that'll probably come back up. Well, it has returned somewhat. And other debt's going up and just thought it would be good to talk about getting it under control before it gets too awful for people. And what sorts of debts are you talking about? Well, I was interested in looking all the way across from mortgages to, at the other end, the buy now, pay later mm. um, schemes that are going on that we can talk about in a minute. Some people apparently are saying that not isn't really debt because you, if you behave yourself and pay it off exactly as you said you would, you don't have to pay any interest. But if you're just a little bit late on your payments, you, you have to pay fees, and that amounts to the same thing. You know, it's not... Let's not kid ourselves. Um, there's also, of course, student debt, which, um, because it's interest-free when you're living in New Zealand, there's not nearly such pressure to pay that one off, but that's there too. But, um, yeah, I just, it's just with job losses, you know, looming, a lot of horrible talk about how a lot more jobs might go with government support reducing and... Uh, that's a worry. I've also written down what the worry of rising interest rates, although that seems a bit silly at the moment. I mean, <laughs> nobody is talking about interest rates going up in the near term. They're all talking about the opposite, about interest rates going down. But um, but if you're taking out a mortgage, let's say, that you know might last 20 or 30 years, it, you can be certain rates are going to be higher than they currently are at some point on a long-term loan like that. So it's just as well for people to just kind of have that in mind if they're, let's say, borrowing to buy a rental or something like that, how they might cope in a few years if, if the interest rates go up. But I think you had an email. Yeah, all sorts of emails, including this one from Grant, who says, Jesse. Can you please ask Mary what negative interest rates will mean for people with term deposits? Do the banks take money out of your savings? Yes, and a lot of people are thinking that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, do the banks take money out of our savings? And will the banks pay me to take out a mortgage? And the answer is almost certainly neither of those will happen. That's what all the experts 
you know, from the Reserve Bank through to the economists, through to the bank chief executives, are saying that at the retail level, which is the level that affects you and me, uh, the you know at the at the the extreme would be for term deposits to go down to almost zero, I, and I suppose possibly zero. It would still be safer to leave your money in the bank. Although, why would you um, do it for term? Why wouldn't you just put it on call? Uh, you know, in, in an ordinary savings account, if it's zero interest either way. Yeah. I think most people probably would say, well, I don't want to tie my money yeah. up. Yeah. Why, would you, why would you lock it in? Hmm. Yeah. Um, unless, of course, they want to keep these, <coughs> excuse me, keep these sticky fingers off it, which is sometimes <laughs> some people like to tie their money up. Um, and the same with, with borrowing. Um, it, in Europe, where there have been negative official cash rates, um, government rates, in recent years, apparently that hasn't got right through to the to the retail level where ordinary people are, you know, certainly no one's paying you to, to borrow and no one's taking money from you if you put deposits in. So I think it'll, it won't be that different from what it is now if, if the official ca- cash rate goes negative in New Zealand for ordinary people. Yeah, it doesn't seem to creep into the retail um, aspect of banking, does it? That's right. That's what the experts are saying at this stage. Who knows what's ahead for everybody, but I think think that's the case. So let's look at borrowing then, and you find it useful to divide borrowing up into two types. Yes, yes. Borrowing to, to buy things that are likely to grow in value is awfully different from borrowing to buy everything else. And and the obvious example of, of something likely to grow in value is property. Usually it does. And so people borrow for rental to buy rental properties or just to buy their own home, of course. And sometimes people borrow to buy shares. And, and in fact, in the 1980s in New Zealand, quite a lot of people did that to, to their great sorrow when the market crashed. Mm. But um, Generally speaking, even those people, by the way, who borrowed to buy shares back in the in '87 and then in, or mid '80s and then the crash, if they'd been able to hang in there, ultimately the, the the share values would have gone back up again, unless they invested foolishly in just a couple of shares and those and they went out of business, you know. But um, but generally speaking, borrowing to buy a property is a smart move because usually you get growth on the money you've put in as well as the money that the bank has put in, and so I think that's that you know that's why rental properties often work really well. But if you're borrowing to buy uh, clothes or or you know shoes or or nearly everything else actually that you might borrow to buy or going on trips and things. Um, unfortunately, you're not having a, an appreciating asset sitting there that that, that you use mm. money for. So that, it's not nearly as clever to do that. Um, so I just, I don't know, Jesse, it's, when you talk to people, they're one personality or another, it seems. You know, they either don't mind running up debt or they do. And yeah. I do. Yeah. So I don't really get it. I, I have my I trouble getting my head around people who seem to quite happily run up debt to buy clothes and think, what about you? Are you... Um, good question, yeah. 
Um, I am definitely more comfortable once it's all paid off and feel a bit uncomfortable yeah. until it and, is. And that, that's a good discomfort, really, I think, probably. But yeah, um, I don't know. We're probably missing out, though. Look, that's the the absolute counter-argument. If you, if you are borrowing to buy... Um, I keep coming back to clothes, but let's just say clothes. Mm. Then you get to wear them now instead of waiting. <laughs> and um, that, you know, that instant gratification is something that some people get a huge buzz out of. But clothes are a really interesting example because I think um, quite often people buy clothes and then a month or so later perhaps wish they hadn't. You know, I think it's a good idea to be a little bit hesitant about slinging out money you haven't got to buy clothes. Um, but anyway, moving on, um, I'm a bit worried about people deferring payments on mortgages and so on. We've talked about that before. Yeah. But in, in the current hard times, if you really are, you know, if, you've, if your income's gone down, if you've lost your job or, or, or your income's gone down, then you might have to defer your payments on your mortgage, which means it's not a mortgage holiday. It means the, the you make your payments later on, but you will, in the end, pay more interest. So you, you do have to pay for that in the long run. I would say to people, if you can possibly at least continue your payments on some level, talk to the bank and you know say, well, I can't make the full payment, but I can make a half payment or something like that. That's a heck of a lot better than, than making no payment at all. Um, now, if, if you've got uh, quite a lot of debt, say credit card debt that you're, or car loans or something, anything that's got a higher interest than a mortgage and you're not paying it off each month, uh, well, credit cards are fine if you pay, pay them off in full every month, but if, you, if you've run up debt and people, there are people out there with debt of over $100,000 that they've run up, it's, it's horrific really. But the smart thing to do is to sit down and have a look if you've got various debts and pay off the highest interest one first because um, that's the one that's costing you the most in the long run. And, you know, it's really... The, the credit card debt's just an absolute killer for people. Um, ruins their, you know, their chances of having a decent retirement, for example, or or even perhaps, you know, some nice trips and things in the meantime. Yeah. Um, having said that, sometimes some people say, look, I've got three or four debts, and one of them's not, not the highest interest, but it's quite small, and it would be psychologically good for me to get rid of that one. I say, yeah, okay, fair enough. But generally speaking, try and get rid of the highest interest ones first, and the, a good way to do that is to set up automatic payments into, you know, every week or every month out of your bank account to the, whoever you owe the money to um, and please add more to that whenever you can extra payments off, off the debt whenever you can but even if you just set up you know, $50 a week or something like that it's still at least heading you in the right direction there. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, another possibility is for some people to do what they call consolidating your loans. Um, if you've got a mortgage, you can quite often go to the bank and say, look, I've also got this credit card debt I'm not paying off. Can I instead add it to my mortgage? And then you're paying a much lower interest rate on it, which makes a big difference in the long run. 
um, you've still got to try and pay off that extra fast. Don't let it sit in the mortgage for years and years and years. But that quite often that is a good way of getting things a bit under control and getting the interest rates down. So, yeah. Um, and what about those buy now, pay later schemes? Yes, well, they've apparently become much more popular just in quite recent times, and I think particularly when people are buying online. And one of the problems with them is that the people who are saying, yes, Jesse, you can buy under this buy now, pay later, they don't always check your credit rating and they don't check um, whether you're in a strong position to be able to pay the money back, which other types of lenders legally these days have to do that, but these buy now, pay later people don't. And so don't think just because they're letting you do it that it must all be okay. It's it's kind of a trap. I mean, I'd far rather see people <laughs> saving up the money first and then buying the garment or, or, or whatever it is, the electronic goods or whatever. And another advantage of that is it does give you, you know, a couple of weeks to think about whether you really want that thing anyway. So, yeah. There'll be people um, listening who have debt at the moment, maybe have a loan and uh, and know they're not keeping up. What's your best advice to them? Yeah, um, look, please go and talk to the lender. I, I'm, I know whenever I say that, people, I don't want to go and talk to them. <laughs> I've got behind them a debt and I don't want to have anything to do with them. Um, but it can make such a difference. If you go to the bank or whoever it is that you owe money to and say, look, I'm struggling, can we set up some kind of a payment plan where I might make smaller payments than we originally agreed to or something like that, quite often that'll be accepted and then you can relax and know you've got things under control. It's when people just don't pay and don't talk to the lender, that's when you get foreclosures on mm. houses and all sorts of awful, awful stuff happening because... Be, if, it were, if it's a mortgage, but even in other situations, your credit rating gets ruined so you can't borrow ever again and all of that. But if you do get in touch with a lender, if you don't want to ring them up, maybe email them, um, but just talk to them. Just open the door and say, look, I'm worried about this. And just telling them you're worried signals to them that you're not just swanning around and couldn't give a stuff about it. You yeah. know? Um, and I think changes their, often changes their attitude and help, helps you to work out a way to solve the problem, let you sleep at night again, I think. Have you got time to help Nick out? He's emailed through and he says that he lent a substantial amount to a friend at no interest and it's about to be paid back. So that's sort of a debt-related question, but he wants to know how he should show this on his annual tax form without it being classed as income. That's a tricky one. Yeah, well, I'd, I would say, um, look, I'm not an inland revenue expert, but I'm... I'm very confident he doesn't have to put it on his tax return. He's lent money to someone at no interest. If if there were interest payments, that would be that would be income. But there's no income, so there's you know it doesn't need to go on your tax return. I'm sure. I'm sure that's right. So I think he should just relax. He's not going to get in Kind trouble. person to have lent to a friend at no interest. <laughs> and yeah. Any any final thoughts on debt then, Mary? Oh, just oh, please. Um, Try and get it down. You know, if it's a mortgage, that's a whole lot different thing. But try and get the other debt down because I can't believe that anyone's sort of blase enough for it not to affect their 
just their whole emotional well-being and, and their mental health for that matter. So, um, you know, sit down tonight and, and make a plan, get in touch with the lenders if you need to to make a new plan, but do something about it. Don't let it hang over you. Too horrible. Mary, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Sure. And if you missed this session and want to hear it from the start, you can find it on our podcast page. You can find all our conversations with Mary on that page on the RNZ website.